Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Off The Bench for Bob Jane T-Marts, tire and wheel specialists. Welcome to Off The Bench. Uh, this is Jason Matthews. Big show coming up uh, this week. We've got Brent Staker, the assistant coach from the Brisbane Lions women's AFL team on the show. Dal Finucane, the Melbourne Storm superstar. Uh, we chat to Laurie Lawrence about the big news this week about Sun Yang copying an eight-year suspension or ban. And Ricky Stewart, we'll find out how the Raiders are going leading into the 2020 NRL season, which is not far away, less than a week to go. We're doing it thanks to Bob Jane T-Mart's Tyrone Will Specialist and Nutrient Water offers a complete range of irrigation services. Here's Brent Staker from the Brisbane Lions women's team. They're undefeated halfway through, so looking good to, uh, to secure a final spot. Have you seen much improvement stakes in the, uh, in the women's game? I know you have been involved um, in previous seasons with the Lions, have you have you seen um, any great improvements in the in, in uh, what the girls are dishing up? Definitely, yeah, I have, and I mean, I've been here since the beginning, which is, you know, you sort of cast your mind back. Yeah, four years, it's gone super quick. Um, the, the main thing is the development, and this is what you see with the with the boys as well that they are in these programs from a young age, sixteen, eighteen um, development squads, and they're in there pumping weights and doing everything. You know, not on a full-time basis, but they get what the seniors get. So these girls are coming through the ranks and um, and getting a little bit of a taste for it, meaning they're you know developing their their weights programs and their conditioning. So the one thing I've definitely noticed is the girls that come into our system are are able to play AFLW straight away. You know, cast your mind back four years ago, everybody was so raw, everybody was really skinny, and you look at those photos from 2017 to now, it's just amazing to see the size difference. But Look, the skill level's improved. I think the attitude of players, they're starting to realise it's a serious business. At the beginning, might have been just a bit of a fancy thing for them, but they're soon realising it's a, it's a full-time business and there's a, there's a career here to be had for them. So you know, lots, of, lots of improvement, actually, across um, you know, a whole different main, range of aspects within the AFLW. Mm-hmm. It's been exciting. Good. Big test on Sunday against the Dockers coming up. They're also undefeated too, aren't they, Stakes? They are. They got away. They got out of jail on the weekend, actually. I... A bit of a controversial, controversial free kick, I believe, at the end of the St Kilda Fremantle game. So they um, they got that win by a point, and um, yeah, they're undefeated. So we've played quite well over in Perth in the last few instances over there. Um, so looking forward to it. And, and it's funny, you know, our girls. It's when you when you travel on away games, boys, and you've probably all been there and done it. Sometimes it can be um, a bit of a drainer and all this sort of stuff because it's a you know it's a big trip, but. Our girls seem to travel to Perth really well and other trips as well. They just seem to gel together and have a great time. So always look forward to the away games. Do they party as hard as the men used to back in the day when you were playing? Mistakes <laughs> after a game? <laughs> not while I'm coach. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll yeah, not while I'm around. So no, oh, what, yeah, uh, sure. what they get <laughs> They're yeah, sneaking out got... when the coach is asleep. Every team does it. Every team does it. Hey, people, uh... <laughs> I was going to say, I think the only people sneaking out are the coaches to have a have a yeah. meal and a, and a yeah. quiet, quiet wine just to, to get over the, the jet lag. Yeah, very true. Hey, uh, let's talk about the uh, the men and uh, big expectations, I guess, this year for 
for the Brisbane Lions uh, men's team. And uh, I, I did read the other day about their, their membership way up, 27,000. So things are looking very strong for the, uh, the, the Lions. It's impressive, yeah. It's good to see that they've got um, good membership already. You know, usually they're well below 20,000 before the season begins. Maybe it helps having the women put them on the map as well, the women's team. So that's always a good lead-in for probably a lot of footy clubs, actually, the AFL now, that they have get uh, the double whammy. But, um, look, it's great. There's a bit of, you know, last year, the Lions, they don't lose. They only lose the two games after the bye to the two grand final teams, Richmond and GWS. So they've had a, a good um, patch directly after the bye. I think it was seven, seven wins or nine wins in a row. And, um, yeah, big expectations this year. So they've been handed, you know, two Friday night games at the Gabba, two Thursday night games at the Gabba. All of a sudden, there's a bit of a spotlight on Brisbane, so they have to perform. Player to coach stakes, you, you're doing it now. But uh, Luke Hodge, of course, has uh, finished up with the Lions at the end of last season in that loss to Richmond. Now, as part of the coaching ranks of the Lions, have you had much time to spend with, with Hodge and how he's handling that, that new role? Cross paths him a couple of times. Yeah, we overlap a little bit with, the, um, with our program. And they're kind of separate entities, if you, if you can understand that. But we do overlap with training sessions uh, and coaches and sometimes over our reviews. So... We've actually had Hodge come into our into our playing group and give a bit, you know, shed a bit of light onto uh, his journey and you know just what he's about. You know, it was just good for our girls to sort of get to know him a bit, little bit in that um, more intimate environment when it's just a room full of, you know, us as a little, uh, only a small little group actually, the AFLW, and have him speak. So, but we've crossed paths. We live in Hawthorne actually, Hodge and myself, so we've crossed paths a few times. But he's um, very insightful and huge asset to Brisbane. The fact that he mm. stayed around and you know, been in, been um, staying on board as a coach, and you know he's got to manage his media commitments, but still mentoring a lot of the young players at the lines and helping defence here and there. The other thing that's good about him is because he's going to be seeing lots of um, games firsthand, so he's potentially just seeing the trends of the game before Brisbane actually come up against that team, which is great. Whether they whether Brisbane know that or not, it's just the way I look at it. I think he's he's a good asset to the club. Mm. All right, Stakes, thanks for your time today, mate. Good luck on Sunday taking on the Dockers over in Perth. One uh, quick one, Jace. Oh, yeah. Stakes, the St Kilda-Port yeah. Adelaide game, which, of course, is in Shanghai each year. If you Brent Staker was still playing today, would you go with the current coronavirus threats? Good question. Uh, I definitely wouldn't go. Definitely wouldn't go. You, it's, it's too, far too risky. That's an obvious answer, but... Um, Far too much on the line as an AFL player. You are at absolute peak fitness, so you never put yourself in that risky situation. I think it's I th- smart by the AFL to, to read. I think up, it's but... been it's actually been cancelled. It so it's a pretty been, so yeah, it's a pretty today. dumb question, actually. So it's not. Yeah. A good... <laughs> but also, but also, the players would have to come back and be quarantined for fourteen days. So they'd miss. They they normally have a buy after that game, but then they'd miss the yes. next game. Yes. So it actually is not a great question at all. So. Well, <laughs> and then at all. They could have a make-up game on Christmas Island. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. They could play each other twice. <laughs> Good luck on Sunday. Oh, by the way, the men are also playing Carlton on Sunday. There's actually a bit of an overlap between the two Brisbane teams playing. And if you want to become a member, go online, lions.com.au. Uh, Brent Staker, thanks for your time today on Sports Day. Thanks, boys. Cheers. More off the bench to come. Thanks to Bob Jane Timas, 20% off and buy three, get one free on selected brands. Best tyre price guaranteed and Nutrien Water offers a complete range of irrigation services. Up next, Dale Finucane from the Melbourne Storm. You're listening to Off the Bench for Bob Jane Timas, tyre and wheel specialists. We'll be back shortly. 
This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane t Martz, tyre and wheel specialists. Welcome back to Off The Bench for Bob Jane t Martz, tyre and wheel specialists and Nutrient Water offers a complete range of irrigation services. Dale Finucane certainly is a blues and also Melbourne Storm champ. Uh, during the summer, he spent some time in the bushfire-ravaged areas and the boys discussed this with him and his love of playing the uh, guitar. Now, when you're out there, did you get the guitar out? I actually tried. We uh, <laughs> so one of, on one of the nights we uh, uh, we tried back down at the country club, but the the microphone down here was actually horrible. So <laughs> I, I jumped on the guitar and tried to tried to strum a song, but the, uh, the the microphone was absolutely terrible. I, think I ran it through a bass amplifier, which which was horrible. So we ended up just brushing it. Either that, I was going to get booed off. So I, I chose to take my dignity <laughs> with me. Now, for the listeners out there, uh, very good on the guitar, very good singer as well, Dale Finucane. Follow him on Instagram. But I saw on Instagram, Dale, recently you were making your first public appearance singing in a Melbourne pub. How did that go? Yeah, so what it was, it's, uh, it's a company. It's called Parlour. And um, how it works is uh, anyone's able to just sort of – you can go and play in your backyard if you wanted to. Like, it's uh, it's very informal. So, um, you know, I've, I set like a, a ticket limit to – how many people to a house yep. and um, you can request that I come and play your house. And that was my first sort of public gig that I'd done by myself. There's, I played a couple of gigs by my, uh, sorry, with a, a guy who does our storm uh, functions. And I, yep. I, I had done a few things with him before, but this is the first sort of solo one. So I was a little bit nervous. And, <laughs> well, then playing an original or grand the, final or singing in front of strangers. Oh, no, What's more, more nerve-wracking? More nerve-wracking, <laughs> more nerve-wracking playing music. I think I'd much rather <laughs> play footy than do that. <laughs> Um, What's but yeah, I'd, I'd gone out and decked myself out, bought all this gear which I had no idea how to use. Um, so I've got I've gotten to the place about five hours early to set my gear up, and uh, had to leave it set up and come home and have some lunch and come back. So um, expect that if you if you do hire me for the first couple of times. Yeah, good. What's a go-to karaoke song? Oh, go-to. That's a tough one. A lot of people do love Wonderwall. It's a bit of a pub <laughs> banger. So Wonderwall's a, a special. Or a bit, if it's an older crowd, in excess, never tear us apart. That's uh, yeah, nice. That that goes well as well. Yeah, actually, I saw you at one stage there singing the Star Is Born song, the Bradley oh, Cooper and yeah. Lady Gaga yep. song. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very yeah, entertaining. Come out the time. Yeah. Mm, thank now, you. now, rugby league wise, uh, Melbourne Storm big changes over the last three years, of course, mate. Slater, Cronk, Chambers, Hoffman, etc. Give us an insight into how Craig and his team alleviate all those changes. Yeah, I think the really good thing about that is, you know, we've had, I think since my first year here, I think 2016, where we sort of took a really big hit. I think there was about five players from that um, grand final losing team that we'd lost. Um, and then obviously we were able to, you know, either bring in new players or, um, you know, develop the players that we already had. And we we were lucky to sort of come in and play in another grand final that following year and, and the year following that as well. So, Craig's just kind of doing that to either developing the, the current playing group that we have or um, or recruiting guys. But I think the bit most pleasing thing is about this preseason is that we've had a full preseason with our, our, our core spine group together, so our, um, our hookers and halves and fullback. Whereas last year we sort of had that late change where Brody Croft was our halfback, uh, and then we sort of had a later change in the middle of the year. So I think the fact that they've been able to gel together and, and have a full pre-season together is, is really going to be beneficial for our attack especially. Now, I read with interest, Dale, a comment from, from Cam Smith recently when he said, out of all the players that have left over the last three or four years, 
the one that he misses, or the one that's the most notable absence, and that he misses as well, is Will Chambers. Why? Yeah. He's he's always talking. That's probably that's probably one of the ways you notice him missing. <laughs> um, oh, he's been yeah, he's been great. Like he's been great. Left and left such a great legacy um, at our club. You know, I think it's just because his actions speak um, for him. He's he's been a consistent player for such a long period of time. He's you know he's represented Queensland. He's played for Australia. He's done all those sort of things. So that's probably the main thing that Craig sort of speaks about is in terms of being a leader is. Um, doing it through your actions and, and playing well um, on the weekend. And I think that's what Will's been able to do consistently, and that's probably one of the reasons why Cam spoke about missing him um, the most. I've read Craig Bellamy's book, and I don't know whether you realise he's actually got a book out called Home Truths. It's yes, a I did know that. Book. Yeah, <laughs> there's a photo in that book where he's hiding in the bushes while all the players are um, doing some sort of bush run. Does he still do that? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he actually does try and disguise himself a little bit. So there, there is an army camp that the boys have to do either if you're a new player uh, or everyone's done it at some point in their career. But that's probably the, the time where he's hiding the most. I think he's, um, yeah, he enjoys going hiding under the, uh, sorry, <laughs> flipping under the radar and, and trying to catch boys out for doing things. So you often see him in his little camouflage gear on the uh, on those army camps. <laughs> now the Harry Grant actually, scenario. Actually, it's a funny story. Yeah. I, do, I do think he, uh, he was... Funny story, he was, he was doing it one day, I think uh, Dallas Johnson might have been one of his first pre-seasons and he'd noticed that Dallas was struggling to run up this hill. Oh, sorry, he was he was running up the hill and then struggling to come down the hill through the bushes, I think, but he, he didn't notice at the time that Dallas uh, insisted on training because he was, he was training for a position in the team, but... He actually had a broken foot or a broken toe, but and that's that's the uh, the way that Craig actually discovered that he'd broken his foot, and I think that was probably part of the reason why he picked Dallas because he was because of how tough he was and, oh, and he played so above, above his weight, didn't he? Oh, he's a great yeah. player. Now the Harry mm. Grant scenario, tremendous young player. I've seen a lot of him in the Intrust Super Cup. Uh, it, it would be tough to lose him if if he does, in fact, end up going to the West Tigers for whatever reason. But is he a player, Dale, that you want to see go somewhere and at least play a lot more first grade? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I would like to see that opportunity for Harry. As, as much as it hurts me to to see him uh, move on, um, I do really, I really hope that he does get the opportunity to play some consistent first grade this year when he. Uh, and if it eventuates still uh, to go to the Tigers, um, yeah, because I think at any other sort of NRL club, obviously we've got one of the best players to play the game, and in Cameron Smith, um, so obviously it's hard to you know take that role within our team. But um, I would like to see that for Holly, and obviously it's going to be beneficial for us for, for when the time does go that um, Cameron moves on, um, you know, to to vacate that role, and whether um, that's something for him and Brandon to you know. Uh, when they share that role, whether Brandon becomes a middle forward, that's sort of that's a little bit down the track for what happens. But I do think that he'll benefit from a full year in first grade, and I do really hope the best for him. So first fully fledged trial this week, uh, a break next week before the season kicks off. How how are you feeling? You a little bit nervy? Oh, I'm not too bad at the moment. I um, I do get nervous on um, before kick off. I think that's normal. I think. Uh, I don't particularly get nervous through the day on game day because I'm pretty routine and I feel like, you know, if I've done the work through the week and um, that that I, sh- I shouldn't be too nervous. But um, as I said, prior to kickoff, I, I always get a little bit nervous. But I am actually excited. As I said before, I'm sick of getting flogged in the preseason, so <laughs> it is actually good to sort of taper a little bit this week and have a bit of a lighter week of training, and then you know come into the 
consistent grind of the week-to-week uh, of footy. Hey, Dale, I mean, a lot of people say you must pinch yourself when you're at the Melbourne Storm, but I look at it from the other angle. I, you must look back at your career and say oh, you deserve the success you get to date because you've worked damn hard, haven't you, coming through the Bulldogs. And for a long time there, you were trying to fight for that starting position. Then you got the opportunity at Melbourne. It's it's from a lot of hard work, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a combination of a, of a few different things. Obviously, nothing comes easy and you, you have to work hard to you know, to get what you what you achieve. But I have been lucky as well to to play in some really good teams. Obviously, you spoke of the, before about the, the calibre of players that we had in our team and the guys that have moved on, the you know the big three that everyone speaks about, Will Chambers. Um, you know, there's been a number of, you know, I think our nearly our whole, whole forward pack, some international forward pack, you know, as it stands at the moment. So I think it's a combination of, you know, working working hard to, to achieve things and, and having good players beside you. So I was lucky to have that at the Bulldogs as well because, you know, I, I came and debuted mid-year that year and, um, I think the team were on a roll. They, we ended up winning 12 in a row, I think. But, um, you know, a combination of the two has, has really helped. Yeah. Well, I, as I said earlier on, um, I love watching you play. I love the way you play the game. You're, you're breaking the mould of the of everyone trying to turn the number 13 into another front row, and I, and I love that. And um, most of all, I'm glad you got to go back out home and help the locals. And, and thanks for joining us on Sports Day. And look forward to talking to you throughout the year. Thanks very much, Dale. No worries. I appreciate it, mate. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane and Nutrient Water offers a complete range of irrigation services. More of Off the Bench in just a sec. We'll catch up with Laurie Lawrence and get his views on the Sun Yang ban of eight years next. You're listening to Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Marts, tyre and wheel specialists. We'll be back shortly. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Marts, tyre and wheel specialists. Welcome back to Off the Bench. This is Jason Matthews. Thanks to Bob Jane T. Marts, Tyron Will Specialist. Uh, during the week, Sung Yang copped an eight-year drug ban. And we thought, who better to talk about this and get their opinion on it than swimming coaching great Laurie Lawrence. So what was your response uh, to the, the Mate, banning of Sung Yang, when, Laurie? When I heard it, I honestly, I couldn't believe it. That's a That's a lifetime ban really for him because he's he's getting up in the higher age group although kids are swimming till they're 32 like uh, Phelps did at the last Olympics I'm not sure exactly what's how old Sun Yang would be but he's been to a couple of Olympics so mm. I'd say he'd be 28 mate. another eight years is 36 and he's got to come back and train so it's really a lifetime ban so what I what I see is Wada are saying, this is it. We want a drug-free sport. That's what they're saying. Why they're saying straight away. So they've put it straight on the line, which is fantastic. We want clean sport. Yeah, absolutely. If we if we go back to the the Rio Olympics and Mac Horton when he protested by not getting on the dais, not shaking Sun Yang's hand after um after Sun Yang won a gold, what was your immediate reaction when you saw Mac make that protest? Well, Mac actually beat actually beat Sun Yang in metres at Rio in Rio. Now then the World Championships come along and Sun Yang won and Mac stood on the floor, didn't get up on the dice, he was second. Me personally me personally, I would have got up on the, I would have stood up on the dice. Me personally. That's me. 
because um, if Mack had swum the time that he swum at the Olympic Games, he would have beaten Sun Yu Yang. Mm. If he would have swum that time at the World Championships. Now, would he have stepped down then and not taken the number one dice? So it's a big thing to, mm. to protest by not stepping on the block. Let me go by. Let me say something else to you. I'm there at the pool the other day. My granddaughter's there. She's... And at the end of the day, the kids have been doing some racing and training. And she's 10 years of age. So I've yelled out, ladies and gentlemen, cast your eyes to the end of the pool to the Olympic 20-metre butterfly championship. Lane one, so on my, my, my granddaughter, all the way from China. Lane two, all the way from Belarus. This is the Olympic championship. Winner takes all. Take your mark. Go. And the race is on. And I've got parents looking and cheering all around the pool. My granddaughter gets beaten. So I take the little girl who won out of the pool and put her on the side of the pool. And everyone's cheered and clapped her. And I look down into the pool and my granddaughter's clapping this little girl who just beat her. So I rang the bell again and I said, ladies and gentlemen, this is what swimming's about. It's about learning to win and learning to lose. Let's congratulate this little girl here who just got beaten but is clapping her hands, applauding the winner of the race. Sure, there's no drugs involved, but that's what swimming's about. It's about learning to win and learning to lose doing both gracefully. And, and it's about a, a, so, a level playing field, Laurie, isn't it? A fair playing field? What it is say? about a level playing It is about a level playing field. But I talked to Dennis Cottrell, who coached Sun Yang. Dennis, of course, as you know, coached um, Grant Hackett to two Olympic golds and a silver. Should have got three golds, Hackett. He beat Perkins at the 1500 in uh, Sydney. But he should have won three golds, missed out on Beijing. He won again in Atlanta and missed out in Beijing. He was beaten there by Maluli, not by Sun Yang, but by Maluli. And then the next couple of Olympics, Dennis has been coaching Sun Yang. He swears that Sun Yang is clean. I say, look, everyone's innocent until proven guilty. Um... That, that's my belief, innocent to proven guilty. I believe he was he had tested positive to something once before. And the latest one that he got eight years for was for a drug violation. They called it his some the analysis people called it his place late at night, unannounced, which they're entitled to do. Late at night, took blood. He gave blood, willingly gave blood. Then he found out that the people who took the blood weren't official WADA um, uh, people, not official. Not they had been outsourced to another com company, but it wasn't WADA, the World Anti-Doping Association. It was a, which I suppose they do a lot, I don't know. So then he and his doctor and the people smashed the files. So that's what he got the eight years for drug mm. violation, not for testing positive.
So, so because so, he, Laurie, he didn't actually fail a drug test, do you, do you, is that why you were a bit shocked? Eight years? Do you think that's Yeah, harsh? he didn't fail a drug test, but he smashed. He didn't do a He didn't. He gave blood, then he, then he denied it. He smashed the vials well, after he'd given the blood because, as, his, as he said and Dennis said, the people who came to test him weren't official, weren't WADA officials. WADA had outsourced, as a lot of companies do, outsourced the drug testing to someone else. Could you, that, could you that see that, the, Laurie, being the, the crux of their appeal, uh, Sun Yang and his legal well, team? That, that was the crux. Of, that was why FINA allowed him back in for the Olympics and the World Championships. That's the reason why. FINA said you can, you can swim. But now WADA have overruled FINA, the World Anti-Drug Agency, have overruled FINA and said, no, nah, you're out, boy. We want clean sport. And it, it, it vindicates Mac as well, because if Mac really believes it, in a country like ours, we're entitled to protest and we're entitled to do it how we like. And, you know, young people have a lot different ideas to me personally, to an old fogey been in the sport a long time. And I'd hate to see a young bloke um, denied a gold medal because of drug cheating, and I'd hate to see a, a someone denied denied uh, the opportunity to protest because we live in a great free democracy. So, what do you say, Laurie, to those that we we know that Sun Yang he served a three month suspension for what what was classed as a as an illegal substance previously? But what do you say to someone yep. who believes that he was suspended? wasn't suspended for actual performance-enhancing drugs, hence why he hasn't lost his medals. Do you agree that he should keep his medals? Oh, gee. That's, you know, it's, it's all hard. It's all, everyone's going to have a different idea to me. But they have, for someone who's tested positive in the past at the Olympic Games, they have taken medals off them and presented them further down the track. For example, Jared Talent. Mm, was beaten yeah. by the Russian walker and the Russian walker um, beyond reasonable doubt beyond, was proven to be on drugs no risk so they took his medals and Jared got it now that's fantastic but Jared was denied the opportunity to stand up on the dice and hear the national anthem so to me, it was like a bit of an anti-climax, getting medals after the fact. All right. All right, Laurie, good to hear from you, mate, and good to get your views on this, this whole thing as well. And, uh, mate, just quickly before we go, how's Kids Alive do the five game? Mate, it's still going along. We're still flying along. We've had a particularly good summer, but I won't know the final results till 30th of June when Royal Life gets all the stats out for the drownings. But since we started in the year 2000, we've taken the drowning stats from 63 nationally down to 19 last year. Mm, so geez, we've made a huge, great. huge drop in drowning prevention. And it's just getting that same message, mate, just hammering people with the same message. All right, Laurie, we'll, we'll, keep, 
We'll keep spreading the word for you too, mate. Thanks for your time today on Sports Day. Take care. My pleasure. More off the bench to come with thanks to Bob Jane T-Mart's 20% off and buy three, get one free on selected brands, best tyre price guaranteed, and Nutrient Water offers a complete range of irrigation services. Up next, Canberra coach Ricky Stewart previews their season on Off the Bench. You're listening to Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Mart's tyre and wheel specialists. We'll be back shortly. is Off The Bench for Bob Jane T-Mart's Tire and Wheel Specialists. This is Off The Bench with Jason Matthews for Bob Jane T-Mart's Tire and Wheel Specialists with just under a week to go to the kickoff of the 2020 NRL season. We thought, great time to catch up with Ricky Stewart and find out how the Raiders' pre-season has been going and how their preparations are going. Uh, good, mate. We've, um, <clears throat> you know, it's been a, a shorter off-season this year with the... Uh, number of the internationals that we've had and uh, we probably all got back in uh, January and um, it's been a little bit disrupted but uh, we haven't got really a new team so hopefully um, a bit of the stability we do have as a as a team will kick in and we'll be ready to go in uh, like a week and a half time. Yeah, against the uh, the Titans at home, so that's not a bad uh, draw first up. Some, some major changes or some big changes, one first and foremost, George Williams, Slotting in the halves alongside Jack Whiten and um, you know a couple of others in the centres and in the back row. But yeah, how's, how's uh, George Williams shaping up? Is, is he the man? Is he going to wear the number seven first up? He will, mate. Yeah, and you know that's what I was, I just spoke there a little bit about disruption, and um, not that it's a major concern because we'll be we'll be we'll get through it. But George has had a uh, thigh injury for uh, probably three or four of those weeks that we've been back since Christmas, and he hasn't had a lot of time with Jack at uh, in the halves. But the last week or so, he's had a bit of work. We had a trial match last week, and they're starting to find a bit of cohesion. And um, game, you know, game time will be the best uh, cure for all that. And he he's. I'm really enjoying um, being involved with George. He's a really um, competitive uh, uh, nature of a person. He's he's got a good good kicking game and um, defensively he's very strong. And he he's a runner. He's a runner of the ball. So I've got basically got really two halves who are um, runners of the ball, and they'll you know they'll combine well with Josh Hodgson. Geez, he sounds like a young halfback that came to the Raiders in the late 80s. Under, under <laughs> is he, does it remind I, I, you? Is he as cheeky? Hey, Rick, how's he handling the conditions, George? Oh, good. It's, mate, it's been been hotty after Christmas. We were in the uh, 40s, so it was a uh, hot and dry for him. So he um, it was a little bit different to Wigan, I'm going to assure you, at this time mm-hmm. of the year. But no, good. He He's, he's adapted very well. and He's, he's a... Quiet fellow, George, but he's not shy. He's just a quite, quietly spoken guy. But um, I, I've been impressed with some of his uh, organisation and, and vocab on the training field, and he's fitted in really well. Which all, all my pommies have, you know, they're they're good guys. And the you know the pommies that I've been involved with before, such as Adrian Morley, they're all all very similar people. They're usually competitive. They um, they work real hard. They they're very professional towards their preparation. But um, they're good guys, and he's really fitted in well here with the other members of the squad. With the Poms, Rick, that you have had over the years, even Morley and, and the guys you've got at the Raiders, is is the game that different in Super League in the UK that you've had to work with them and develop something that's a little bit more NRL-focused? No. the Only the little little trends such as playing the ball with, with a foot instead of just <laughs> rolling it under your leg. Um, 
uh, probably the the consistency of the tough football week in and week out is a little different to the uh, the English Super League competition where they might get an easier game one every three or so. Um, but no, I, I haven't answered the question. Probably it's a. Uh, um, if anything, I think their style of football has come across and, and been a, a probably a value and, a, and and added a little bit of quality to our competition because the the boys such as Bateman and Elliot and uh, Josh uh, they're the three previous internationals with Ryan Sutton but they're the three previous internationals that. I think have really added to the competition of the NRL. Absolutely. Now, you've got some really good outside backs, Rick in Simonson, Kotrick, of course. You've got a really good young player in Harley Smith-Shields, but Jordan Ruffin, has there been any communication with his manager about what his next movements will be, whether stay in union, come back to league? No, I'm, uh, I haven't, mate. I, I have got some good young backs there, though, that are uh, good depth. It's a... Um, something we've worked hard at over the last couple of years in creating that little bit of uh, depth. And we've got some younger depths at the moment coming through in, in Harley, Matty Tomoko, young Simi Villamy, uh, young Fujian winger. Uh, so we have, we've got some um, good young depth who, uh, who, you know, a couple of them could get some first grade experience this year. Mm. Hey, Rick, um, now last night we were talking about the captain's challenge and, and our phones lit up actually. And I'll, I'll ask our callers now, if you want to give us a buzz, the McDonald Jones talkback number one three hundred forty two fifteen thirty three. I just think we might be rushing into it a bit quickly. What are your thoughts, and and uh, how are you going to approach this uh, the captain's challenge? Bags, to be honest, I haven't really given it much thought because you know there's every you know you're year playing we next find... week. <laughs> you might have to <laughs> use it. Well, I mean, really, I mean, there's there's different rules, interpretations, changes at this time of the year every year. And you know, I don't know if we need a lot of change to the game, um, but it's it's pretty simple, mate. You know, if the captain feels as though I mean he's the dominant nominated one, he's got to speak to the referee. If he feels as though he's there in the heat of the moment, I can't do too much from the box, to be honest. Um, I've got two smart captains there. Whichever one is going to be in, uh, uh, indicated to the referees is going to make that challenge. You know, they've got to do it uh, pretty quickly, and it's, it's got to be something that they're. Um, feel quite strong about and towards the the, the, the wrong decision. So, um, But, mate, honestly, I haven't given it too much thought. Well, what do you reckon Tim Sheens would have done? Would he would have been like Paul McGregor and stuck up some green or red paddles from the box to let the <laughs> team know? Or Sheens, he would have yeah. come up with something on this. He would have loved it. You reckon Mel would have listened? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you wouldn't have, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> No, look, Rick would... I, if, 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 there's a, if there's an opportunity there because the coach sees something, yes, of course we're going to have a signal. Um, but I've got two smart captains out there, and yeah. they're in the heat of the game. I mean, the one thing I, I do as a coach badge is I really let the players take the the fabric, or not the fabric, but the, they, they get the, the feel for the game and let them make decisions out there. And it's very easy, even when we're doing a review on that, it's very easy to sit back with a mouse and say, you know, why'd you make that decision here or there? I'm not like that as a coach. They make their decision in the heat of the moment and you run with it. And that's what we'll be doing with this captain's run, uh, captain's yeah. challenge. I was just saying to the listeners last night, Stick, and, and to Badge as well, it might have been in 94 when Badge left when Tim Sheens used to hold up, Sean McRae, Bomber McRae used to hold up the numbers of what what move you were going to use. Remember that? Yeah, I, I certainly do. He was um, an innovator, wasn't he? <laughs> it, was, it was only Bomber's, it was only Bomber's uh, only job Bomber had that week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, 
What are your thoughts about uh, over the last week and especially the last 48 hours, the talk of a 17th team? Now, Billy Slater has come out and said that he believes it'll dilute the talent. What's your thoughts? Uh, it will. I think it will dilute the talent, but then we do need to uh, keep thinking about expansion. And mm. um, what we've got to do is keep promoting younger talent. And we, we're in the business of trying to promote the, the sport at younger ages and that's why we went up to Port Macquarie last week. A lot of teams went out to the country regions, and that's what you've got to try and do. It's, uh, we've got a very big Polynesian base of uh, footballers. We need to keep the country um, uh, country boys alive and support the, the country rugby league in Queensland and New South Wales so we can keep having young boys come through and play, and we need to be making some mm. rules and interpretations at a lower age group to keep these boys interested so they keep coming through because... We keep hearing, I mean, I've, I've been hearing this the last six to eight years, that at, at 16 and 18 level, we're starting to lose participation. We're starting to lose numbers, and we can't afford that. So, um, yeah, and what we, it may do, dilute talent, but we need a um, we need another team or two in parts of Australia to keep promoting the game. If players want to keep getting paid good money, we need, we need broadcasting rights and to be working in with the media and... You know, there's smarter people than me out there knowing how they've got to actually generate this money, but I know one of it, one way is through television. And mm, that's, yeah. uh, that's probably more games. I, I, I prefer to have more teams and less football games. I mean, I think the players play far too much football throughout the season. Um, if we're worrying about diluting talent, we've got to stop playing so much football. But um, for me personally, I agree Billy's right, but I still think we need to expand and... Um, I, I, I don't know what your opinions are, but I think a second Brisbane team would be fantastic. Oh, I think has to it's wonderful seeing the, it's wonderful seeing on a Friday night the Broncos play against a team. You got the full house there, and they do it so well. Um, having having that on every weekend is something I'm sure broadcasters would be interested in. Well, when you think about it, there's the same amount of AFL teams in Southeast Queensland as there is rugby NRL teams too, mm. and and it's mm. just such a stronghold. We need to we need to cash in on that, Rick. Um, and Sats has just pointed yeah. out to me too. One thing I haven't mentioned, I probably should have mentioned it earlier yeah. on. Yeah, the passing of, of Donnie Furness Senior, who had such a, a big influence on both you and Badge, Rick. Yeah, he, he really did. He, I know um, when Gary, you, you first come down to Canberra, he was your coach. And uh, um, I, I've been very fortunate. I've been a family friend since uh, I was about 12 year old. And, um I played in the same rugby league club as uh, Don and David as a junior, and then Donnie and I, uh, Donnie Junior and I went to school together from year seven. We played football together, and I uh, often spent time over at their house and got to know old Don very, very well. And um, they're, they're a wonderful family, and he's done a wonderful job uh, for rugby league right throughout the, all of rugby league, not just the community here. I mean, he's been a an Australian representative, he's been an Australian coach, he's been an Australian selector. Um, he, he he had a difficult job in getting a um, getting a football team, a quality football team together here, but his recruitment ability through, you know, Mal and Gary and Gary Coyne and uh, uh, the Wallers boys and I'm, oh, Pete Jackson, I mean, I'm going to miss more, but his recruitment ability was um, very persuasive. He was second to none and um, built a very quality, high-quality football team that made a grand final in its first five years of the competition. So that mm-hmm. goes to show you, uh, you know, how good of a uh, man manager he was. And it's um, it's very sad. 
I know it'll hit the it's hit the family hard, but um, also they understand he was very ill as well. Yeah, he was quite unwell. It's going to be a a big day on uh, on Thursday down there in uh, in Canberra. So uh, looking forward to catching up with you, Ricky. Um, hey mate, great yep. of you uh, to give up your time for us. And I know it's a, it's a busy time of the year, but um, hopefully the the calm before the storm and and you hit the ground running next week for when the comp starts. Thanks, Badge. Thanks, uh, Fats and Jace. I'll talk to you throughout the season. Adam. Thanks, Rick. Good on you, mate. Cheers, boys. Done and dusted for another week. This has been Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Marts, and you can rely on nutrient water to manage all your irrigation product and service needs. Next week, the footy is back. Scotty Sattler will be joining me in studio as we get stuck into a brand-new campaign. Catch you then.